Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy Collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or or online at victoriasecret.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Welcome to Katie's Crib, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. I remember seeing him being lifted up and then they put him on me. And then again, never held a baby before. I like didn't, I was afraid to touch him. I was like, what does he look like? What does he look like? And then my doctor was stitching me up and he's like, hold on. And he like picked him up for me and like positioned him so that I could see him. Aww. And my husband's like, he looks like a mime. Like he had like these big red little lips. And then he was just white because he was covered in that, what's it called? Like vernix. Covered in all that. So he just had these like big red lips with this white face. Oh my God, that's so adorable. He looks like a mime. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Katie's Crib. I just met this superstar at the time of this recording a few weeks ago. I had the huge fortune of getting to do a teeny wee bit role on the final season of This Is Us, which is literally the freaking biggest show to have ever hit network television. I'm a fan of the show. I'm a fan of this actress. And we got to talk on set and hang out. And she's an incredible mom. Spoiler alert, it's Caitlin Thompson who is here. She is a film and television actress. She is a mom to a two-year-old named Ben. She can currently be seen on NBC's hit drama, which I already told you about, called This Is Us. You may have heard it. She plays Madison. She is also known for her roles in Greek, 90210, Christmas Perfection, A Million Trillion More. She's beautiful on the inside and out. Welcome to Katie's Crib, Caitlin. I really think you're such a different mom than other moms in my life. My vibe on set was that you're really a straight shooter. 
Oh, really? I, now I want to live up to that. <laughs> I feel like like I, I appear maybe calm on the outside yeah. and on the inside, I'm like scrambling. Oh, I love to hear that because I just was like, wow, like this mama is not rattled easily. I think it depends on the moment and like where I'm at in life and like what that day was like. So maybe you caught me on a good day and maybe I have a great baby, but no, for sure I get rattled and I would for sure say I have anxiety and I Google everything. I think it just comes and goes. Did you always want to be a mom? Was something like that in your cards? I I read somewhere that you had never even changed a diaper before you had a baby. That's true. No, I wouldn't. I don't think I was the kind of girl that was like playing with baby dolls and playing mommy. I was like, I'm going to play doctor. I'm going to play grocery store clerk. Sure. You more associated with job than mom. Yeah. But I guess, you know, when we were talking about having kids or whatever, like it, it wasn't a thing that I was like, yes, I'm ready. I'm dying to have a baby. My husband, we talked about, we did want to have kids or a kid. And so I was always an animal person. So I feel like that's where my maternal aspect kicked in. So I was like, okay, if I can take care of a dog and chickens and be okay, like maybe I can handle a human. I really had never changed a diaper. I never really held a baby. They had to show us in the hospital how to hold him. They're like, hold the back of his neck and his butt. You know, it was just a total shift from the moment that he was born. And I I felt like I had to take a crash course in being a mom. I remember in the hospital, I didn't sleep those first two nights because I was like, how do I give him a bath? What does this mean? How do I feed? I was trying to breastfeed in the hospital. It was just so much coming at me at once that I had no clue what I was doing. And so I think I really just had a 180 degree shift of who I thought I was and what I was capable of, which was cool because I was like, yes, I can function on three hours of sleep, not for the rest of my life, but I can do it for this period. So in a way, it was inspiring to be like, I can push myself to this edge, which I think postpartum definitely is. I love hearing stories like this because I think people, I think that this is more common than we pretend it to be. Like I was a huge career nanny before I was able to just pay my bills through acting. Mm -hmm. So I had changed a shitload of diapers. But I actually don't think that's most people's story. Maybe some people have a lot of siblings, but I also think there's a lot of people like you and Dan who were like, um, wait, what? (laughs) Once you guys had decided that you wanted to have a family, was your fertility journey easy? Was it complicated? Was it different than what you had thought it was going to be? I think it was about close to a year of trying, but I, you know, what we did was those like ovulation strips, which were amazing. Cause then you're like, I'm not wasting time. Not that having sex is great. Like you knew when you were, you were ready to go. And so we stuck with those and I had a couple other friends that said that worked for them. And uh, yeah, I was really lucky that it was fairly easy once I got off the birth control and that had to get out of my system. Periods had to become regular again. So yeah, it was about a year. And I remember I had gone to my OBGYN and was like, are we having a problem? Like, is something, and he's like, give it a year, like a solid year, and then we can talk. And it was like, just like you said, almost to like the month. For some people, it sounds like you were okay with that timeline. Mm -hmm. And for some people, that's really long. That's 12 cycles Mm -hmm. of trying and 12 periods that come in where you may probably be pretty disappointed and hormonal if you are actively trying. Yeah. But it sounds like you didn't, you were okay with the year. I was okay with the year because I was still (laughs) children. I don't know. (laughs) Like I needed as much time as possible. 
I'll just say I was like in love with kind of being a selfish person and I knew what was going to be on my plate. I knew that when I became a mom, I was going to want to dive in fully. So I was kind of like, I want to enjoy this and when it happens and if we have to cross this road for infertility, which I know can be very hard, then we'll get there. But I was just on the journey wanting to take it as it came. So yeah, so I I was, a year was okay. (laughs) Sometimes I co-host Ryan Seacrest and... I, I fill in for Kelly and I always am like, Ryan, do you want to have kids? And he'll, because I talk to everybody about babies, mm-hmm. what I do. And he's just like, I think I'm too selfish for that. I don't think he's wrong. Like, I think I think that is a huge thing where you are not the number one in your life anymore. Part of the struggle for me has been even when I am alone or I am doing something that's for myself or focused, I'm still thinking about him, I'm still like, what's he eating? Is he has he pooped today? Is he taking a good nap? What do I want to make him for dinner? Like it's just forever for the rest of my life, as far as I know. My brain will always be shifted towards another person. And I think I realized that. But yeah, you're just it's just a complete shift from only having to think about yourself and your husband and other people, obviously. Like I'm not a total narcissist. Um but yeah. No, but it is the most hugest priority shift. I mean I I, I would say even my husband and I, you know, married for a long time before I got pregnant, like he still wasn't ahead of me. I mean, I love him and we have a great relationship, but like truly no one was ahead of me until I had my son in the way that you're saying, like for the rest of time, your brain is always a little bit elsewhere. So you end up getting pregnant when you read the test strip or you were late for your period. Were you t- what? tell me how you felt? I remember it so vividly because I was out with girlfriends that day and they both my girlfriends had children or have children. And I was like, you know, my period is late. And they're like, you need to, you guys are trying, you should go home and take a pregnancy test. And I was like, you're right. So I stopped and I took one. And it's so funny because I just remember I, I took it. It was positive, And I just had a panic attack. Like I just got super hot. I remember I like unbuttoned, I was wearing this blouse with buttons. I unbuttoned all the buttons. And was like fanning out, like just bra and open shirt. I, I remember I called my doctor right away and I was like, I'm, I'm pregnant and I, I, I don't know like when I need to come see you. And they're like, calm down. They're like, you need to wait until you're at like eight weeks. But I remember my husband and I were supposed to go to sushi that night. And it was like a really hard to get reservation or whatever. He was running late. He calls and he's like, I'm outside. Just we'll go to dinner. We'll make the reservation. And I call him and I was like, I don't think we should go to sushi. And I I think you need to come inside. And so he, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) I love it. I I just show him, I show him the the test strip and I just remember his face, like he just lit up and and I started crying, but I was like, this is really bad. But I was like, I don't think I'm crying for the right reasons right now. Like I'm a little freaked out. I think that's really relatable. I had a panic attack when my husband proposed, like panic attack. Me too hyperventilating. I had a full on, never cried so hard, was not ready for change. I didn't know if I should do this. Mm -hmm. I felt, I don't know what ready feels like. And I think that it's so important as we're talking, you didn't know you were ready. You didn't know you were ready the whole year you were trying. You didn't know you were ready or wanted this when you got the positive test strip. I get that. That is a very real reaction for a lot of people that they may feel like, oh shit, I shouldn't be, I shouldn't feel this way. I should feel grateful or I should feel excited or whatever. But it's so much more complicated than that. I was completely freaked out. And I just had a feeling that 
that's how it was going to have to be. It was just going to have to happen. And I was going to have to like, I needed those nine months of being pregnant to work through all the feelings of what's going to be like. Obviously, excitement was a huge part of that. But also fear. Am I going to be okay? And who am I? And loss of identity? And how am I going to work? Yeah. I was similar to you. I didn't grow up like really ever picturing myself being a mom. Mm-hmm. Like I, I knew I wanted to be an actor. Right. That was like the number one driving force. Mm-hmm. How was your pregnancy experience? Oh, yeah. Wait, was Madison pregnant at the same time or different time? Different. I think the episode where I say I'm pregnant, I was the finale of season four and I was six months pregnant. So we were hiding it. And then that was our last episode. And then I I had been. And then when we started filming again, I was wearing a a belly. So. Wow. So you were pregnant for like ever in real life and on the show. Yes. (laughs) Two years of being feeling pregnant. Did your real pregnancy super inform Madison's pregnancy for you? I definitely was like, oh, this is great because I can remember like sense memory, remember how things feel. I remember I had a scene in the first episode of season five when I was pregnant and it was like I had to get out of the car. And the first time I got out of the car, I just got out of the car and I was like, no, wait. I was like, this isn't how a pregnant woman gets out of the car. Like it's a thing to get out of the car when you're pregnant. So I was like, you can't use that take. I didn't do it right. But it was definitely helpful as an actor to to know what that felt like, because I don't think it's something that you can really know until you're feeling that weight and what it's like to carry around. I agree. I had played pregnant people before I was actually pregnant. And I was like, oh, I did that terribly. How was your pregnancy? Were you super sick? Did you feel great? Was it hard for you to be on national television hiding a pregnancy? Did you feel like body stuff? Did you feel insecure about that? I had a really mild pregnancy, I would say. I had a lot of food aversions. I ate like a toddler, honestly. Like I only wanted peanut butter and jelly, mac and cheese, cheese quesadillas. And then I would make myself like a protein shake every morning just to make sure I was getting everything I needed. (laughs) Other than that, I was like, I couldn't touch vegetables really like in anything healthy. I couldn't either barf. I would have two bagels a day. Like I was like, I can have cheese and bread. Like that is it. Those are the food groups. I don't want to smell a broccoli. Like, if I see kale, I'm going to fucking, yeah. like, disgusting. There was no salad. There was no soup. There was no raw vegetables. And No, there was, I just wasn't into any of it. I was like, is this okay? Oh, yeah, you're fine. You're fine. My OB, who's been on this podcast, had that, threw up every day for nine months, and all she ate was, like, four saltines <laughs> and Seagram's ginger ale, and her baby's, like, a fucking genius, yeah, yeah, yeah. seven years old and fine. So that's great that you had a mild pregnancy. Did you have any Hollywood body shit come up for you while shooting? Or did you feel really good in your body? I felt more like I wanted to just embrace the moment. And I think for me, a little bit of the anxiety was I wasn't eating healthy. So I was kind of like, is this okay? Is he gaining weight? And then at the end, he was, what's it called? I-U-G, like. Oh, it's called, I have the same thing. It's called, um, he wasn't growing anymore on the inside. So yeah. They induced? Did they yeah, induce? so I was induced um, at 38 weeks. So it was basically full term. But I was fine with because honestly, one of my big fears is what if I don't know when I'm in labor and I, I stay home too long? And can't get there. Did you know that you wanted a medicated assisted labor? So my big thing with pregnancy, just to add this to the bit, was the yes. pandemic. It was March of 2020 and I was he was born of May of 2020. So that was those two months. like were the stressful part of my pregnancy and everything else up until then was relatively easy. But 
I had a doula and we talked about, do you want to do natural, whatever? And I was always under the you know, impression that I just want to see how it goes. I don't want to cut myself off and say, no, I'm not going to use an epidural. And I didn't want to say, yes, I'm going to use it right away. That was always my philosophy with it. That's why I think you're such a good mom. <laughs> I just feel like, like you're a realist. This is what it is. Like you're no, I, I, and I'm fucking into it. Yeah. But a lot of people come on here and they're like the plans or the dreams or the vibes. I mean, I just love that you're not really like in here setting up all of your candles. And- no, that is not. I mean, so my doula couldn't be there because of COVID. And she did give me a very oh, sweet shit. little package of candles, but I didn't use them. Like little, like <laughs> little electric, little <laughs> candles with like the little flicker. Yes, yes, yes. Some string lights and some affirmations. And I was just, nope, don't care. Don't care. Don't need it. Let's just do this. She did give me a lavender satchel thing that I remember sniffing a lot. <laughs> like, is this how I'm going to stay calm? I don't know, but I liked it. I just remember like cuddling with it. (laughs) So you have a planned scheduled induction. Mm -hmm. Were you afraid? Were you excited? How did you feel? I was relieved to know when it was happening. I was a little freaked out that they said he wasn't growing anymore. I wasn't really sure what that meant in the fullest. You know, I was like, is he going to have a small head and a huge body? Like are his organs, like what is he going to look like? Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So that freaked me out a little bit. And then COVID on top of it all, I was going into a hospital. It's like, am I going to get COVID while I'm at this hospital? So there was a lot of of that going on. But I think I feel better as a person when when I'm knowledgeable in an area. When I had him and I didn't know anything, I just wanted to learn as much as I could. And so that's how I approached my labor is with the doula. I just wanted all the information. I wanted to know the options. I wanted to know what Pitocin did, if you were induced with Pitocin, I wanted to know other ways of being induced. I didn't need to go into the hospital. They tried to put like an IV in right away, but I knew that I could say, just get like the Heplock ready. I don't want the IV. I don't want to be on fluids because I was going to be there for a while. So I liked having all that information and it just made me feel more comfortable feeling like I could be an advocate for myself in, in more of a way. How did you gather all this information? Was your doula your number one person or your OB or did you just Google a lot of shit? I definitely Google everything. I, I wish I could look at my Google history. It would probably be like a spastic, <laughs> spastic random person. But yeah, I read books. My doula was helpful. I'd ask my my OB questions and yeah, a lot of research. I think that's just how I am. I like to know. I like to become like an expert in like whatever is in front of me. Sure, sure. Life, babies, whatever. Did you have to get the brain scratcher COVID test before you delivered? I did. No, they said they stopped. they stopped doing that. I had to get that like fucking horrible COVID test that goes all the way up to your brain. I was like, really? On top of the labor I'm about to do? What would they have done if you had COVID? Would they be like, sorry? (laughs) I know. I mean, it's ridiculous. I don't know. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. 
And now in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. How long was your labor? Almost 24 hours. Well, not of active labor. So I went in, I was zero centimeters. And then part of my plan or knowing my options, they wanted to start me on Pitocin. I was like, I don't want to start that way. Can we do, I think it's called the Foley balloon. So I was like, I want to do that. I had a Foley balloon too, which I then called Scott fucking Foley. And I was like, (laughs) what the fuck is this? Is this medieval torture device that is a balloon that is put into my cervix and slowly blown up to four centimeters and then pulled up? Is this from someone in your fucking family? Please tell me Scott Foley had something to do with the Foley balloon. He did it. He did it, but he laughed. Um, So you did the Foley balloon. So yeah, so they started with a suppository thing and then I got to one centimeter and then they put that in. And then I even remember my OBGYN came that next morning and was like, You're, you haven't even done Pitocin yet? And I was at like four centimeters. And, and I was like, no. I was like, I just, the balloon. He goes, oh, okay, great. Once I got to four centimeters, that just got me into labor. And then I labored for a couple hours. And then I said, enough of this. Give me the epidural. I kept being like, is it going to get worse than this? Is it like, I couldn't tell like, it, was I at the low level of pain right now? It was hard to gauge. Right. Like I was like, I can handle this, but barely. Right. And like, I don't want to do this for 100,000 hours. Yeah, like, you're going to get to the point where you can't get the epidural because you had to be able to hold still, but I was having contractions. And honestly, it's funny because they wrote this into This Is Us that I, I was more terrified of the needle than like anything. I had this whole thing where I was like, I don't want the resident doing it. I want the attending. So, so I, which is so stupid because I was like, the resident has probably done more of these recently. I know, but a lot of people do feel for you guys listening. If you're at a teaching hospital where you give birth, uh-huh. it means that there are times where the epidural or whoever checks you might not be an attending mm-hmm. doctor. Sure. It might be 
an intern or it might be a resident, whatever. So Mm -hmm. you can state if that makes you uncomfortable that like you had just done that you only want the attending. So this is the other crazy part. The day I gave labor was the night of the Black Lives Matter protests through Los Angeles. And so I was literally looking out the window at Beverly Boulevard with people protesting down the street. It was such a crazy thing. What? (laughs) For those people that don't know, in Los Angeles that night, things started being burned around the city. There's a big shopping area called The Grove, and I think Nordstrom's was burned, and then a couple popular restaurants. So after I had given birth, the whole postpartum wing smelled like smoke. And every mom was like, get me out of here. And they're like, there's nowhere else for you to go. Wow. Yeah, the energy in the city during that was really powerful. It was really like everyone was boarding up their stores. Walked down the hospital. I remember they had police standing at the entrances just to make sure nothing happened inside. It was crazy. Holy shit. Did you feel so much? And you were like, here I am in COVID. My doula is not allowed in, but my husband is. Yeah. And I'm laboring and the world is literally on fire. He was on fire. Ben came out, was fine, but he had low blood sugar. So they were quickly like trying to keep him out of the NICU. They were like, we have to give him some formula. So we were dealing with that and they had wheeled him into the nursery, but I couldn't go because of COVID. So I was like two hours after giving birth, looking through the window, standing there, looking at him. Oh my God. Did you push for a long time? Was it super arduous? No, actually I was lucky. I pushed for 30 minutes. It was great. That was amazing. Did you feel immediate connection or did you feel out of, I felt totally out of body. How did you feel? I have a vivid memory of them lifting him up out of me and seeing him like in the light, kind of like a movie. Like I remember seeing him being lifted up and then they put him on me. And then again, never held a baby before. I like didn't, I was afraid to touch him. Yeah. You were like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. He's on me. I don't know what's happening. He's covered in shit. Not poop. Some babies are covered in poop, but he's covered in all this crazy shit. Yeah. So I was afraid to pick him up. And literally I was like, what does he look like? What does he look like? And then my doctor was stitching me up and he's like, hold on. And he like picked him up for me and like positioned him so that I could see him. Oh, Caitlin, I love this. And my husband's like, he looks like a mime. Like he had like these big red little lips. And then he was just white because he was covered in that, what's it called? Like vernix. Vernix. Covered in all that. So he just had these like big red lips with this white face. (laughs) Oh my God, that's so adorable. He looks like a mime. Yeah. Oh, buddy. And then in the testing that they do, did you get like the golden hour is what they call it for those listening? They leave the room and let you have like skin to skin for an hour with your baby? Or did they do testing right away and know the blood sugar and took him away right away? I got that hour. That was like something I said I wanted. Because he was small, they had pediatricians in the room. How small was he? He was five pounds, seven ounces. They were like being overly cautious, but it wasn't like he was like teeny. Which I was fine with and I appreciated. And so they, they did the, you know, the initial checks and everything. And I think he was fine. And then they laid him on me and I got that hour. I remember them trying to breastfeed, which was more painful, by the way, then the labor was the nurse like squeezing my boob, trying to get him to latch. And I was like, I just delivered a baby and now you're squeezing my boob like a mammogram. Lactation consultants in in, in the hospital and in general, all the ones I view, they work with so many boobs that it's just so matter of fact to them. And for us, we're like, oh my God, literally no one's ever touched my nipple like this, like ever. Even if you're someone that likes rough sex or whatever, 
it's a crazy way for your nipple to be handled by someone you've never met. Yeah. And I remember just saying to her, I'm sorry, can I just have a moment to try to like figure this out on my own for a second? I love you. Like, I just was like, I didn't, they didn't give me a second to try to do it on my own. They were just like, here. And, but yeah, I don't remember like when things, they must have done like a blood sugar test on him sometime in that hour and, and realized that his blood sugar was low because quickly they went to formula. And then I was like, give him whatever formula he needs. I didn't care. Give him a milkshake if that helps. Like, Yeah. You were like, just keep him whatever the fuck we yeah, need to do. Yeah. Just get it done. Yeah. So it was kind of a wave of being calm and then panic and then calm and then panic. How was your postpartum? It seems like it was really, it toughened your mm-hmm. shit up. You were like, wow, yeah. like I don't need to care for myself with gloves like I may have. Postpartum, I think that was what I was least prepared for. And I feel like that's what's not talked about as much is Totally. It really is. Like they say, it's like the fourth trimester. It truly is. It took me a solid three months to feel like somewhat normal in this new normal. There was no way around it. I was just functioning on autopilot, like highly emotional. It's funny because actually one of my really good friends is from South Korea and she delivered in South Korea. And I remember there, they have a totally different philosophy with postpartum is they nurture the mother just as much as they nurture the child. And I remember her calling me. I was, She had just given birth and I was trying to get in touch with her. And it was like three days later. And she was like, oh, sorry. I was like, I'm getting a massage right now. And I was like, what? And she goes, yeah, I'm at this place with um with Ezra. It's like a, it's, I don't know exactly what it is. The only way I can think about it is like this hotel where there's nurses and massage therapists and like acupuncturists. Un-fucking-real. That book called, um, it's something with the number 40 in it. I can't remember, but I'll link to it. But in Asian cultures, I don't think it's Korean, but in Chinese cultures, it's part of the family's job, which I'm sure is super hard during COVID. Mm -hmm. But it's the family's job to nourish the mother and the trauma that her body and mind and hormones have gone through. And we spend far too much time, I did, on the pregnancy and on the labor. Mm -hmm. And when we get home... I was a fucking disaster. I peed. I was laugh crying, peeing on my wood floor, trying not to pee on my white couch. Like I was like such a disaster. Did you have help? Yeah. I was supposed to go back to work potentially like four weeks after birth, depending on the saving grace of COVID was that we were pushed for a couple more months. So I had that time luckily, but we flew my mom out because again, we didn't know what we were doing. We're like some responsible adult needs to be in this household to make sure that we don't harm our child in any way. So we flew my mom out. This was early days of COVID. I was, I remember being like, you can't take your mask off on that plane. I was like, you cannot drink. I was like, you need to hydrate the day before. (laughs) Hey, I like it. I think this is a great plan. And I was like, you cannot touch anything. She did it all and was amazing and really helped take care of me and make sure I was fed and and Dan to take care of both of us because we were both doing this together. So that was definitely a comfort and helpful. But I mean, it's still, I'm doing the nights, I'm breastfeeding, I'm trying to figure out breastfeeding. He had a lip tie and a tongue tie. So that whole journey was a hot mess. Oh, did he have to get that little surgery? I forget what it's called was really bad. So even if I didn't want to breastfeed, it was like something that could probably affect him later in life. So we're like, let's just do it. And and then I'll try to keep breastfeeding. So he did that at three months, I think. 
Supposedly it's not that big of a deal, right? It's like a laser or like a cut. Yeah. So it's, you go to the dentist, like a, a pediatric dentist and it's a laser. They take the parents out of the room for it because they think it's your lips. It bleeds a lot, but it's quick at 30 seconds. And then you have to do these stretches though, because it can reattach. So you have to put coconut oil on your finger and five times a day, like rub it. Because it reattaches. I've had friends where they had they did this and then it reattached and they had to do it again. And I was like, I don't want to go through this again. But yes, I just felt completely unprepared for postpartum and breastfeeding. And I always thought breastfeeding was like, oh, it might be a little inconvenient. And that was the whole debate. But I was like, no, it's for something so natural. It was so unnatural for me. Oh my God. I think it is for everybody. For something that's supposed to just happen. I had no idea what I was doing. And I'm convinced the only time it's ever been natural is like, Thousands of years ago when we were living in villages and there was like a ton of other naked breasts out women around you who were also doing it, who could show you exactly what the flying hell you were doing. Mm-hmm. But us doing it alone in a bubble, it's really hard. And like the most rewarding because it was so hard. Once we got into our group, I was doing Zoom sessions with lactation consultants because, again, I didn't want anyone near him. This was COVID. I remember my husband taking the computer and trying to like position it so that the lactation... <laughs> See your nipple, see your lash through Zoom. Oh, God. Yeah, shame went right out the window. Yeah, I was bleeding all the time. One time he he literally like spit up, it looked like strawberry milk because he was getting blood from me. And I it was like two in the morning and I see this like projectile strawberry milk coming out of him. And I was like, is he bleeding? Am I bleeding? Who's bleeding here? Good on you, though. If you're someone that doesn't like fluids mm-hmm. or liquids or body parts, or any of it, it gets real, real quick in the postpartum period. I'm just like, there's your in diapers, there's liquids coming out of stuff, you're trying to breastfeed, there's blood, there's a fissure. I had both my nipples like got cut in half. It was insane. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. It sounds like Dan was super involved, which is awesome, mm-hmm. and COVID was horrible. But then also a gift because you really couldn't work. Like you you both had to really be there and do these Zoom sessions together and like really bond with your mom and all that stuff. Can you speak on that? Yeah, I think I felt super lucky that I didn't have the pressures of having to go back into work because I was really stressed about what that was going to look like. Again, a girl that usually gets eight hours of sleep was like, how do I do three hours of sleep and then wake up at five to go to hair and makeup and then film all day and pump and figure. So it, I, I don't think I would have been able to breastfeed or handle that if I was working. But it was amazing because in a way we were home all of the time and I wasn't missing anything. We just got to be a family and soak it all in. So that was an upside besides being terrified of being out in the world. How has your workload, how is it now? Do you guys, do you feel like you're in a flow? We have moments, my husband and I, where we're 60, 40. Adam's shooting in Budapest right now. So I'm like really doing my Mm -hmm. part. But then there's been times where I've been shooting and he really has to step up. So I'd say we're very 50-50 and sometimes it's 60-40. But you and Dan both have pretty fucking crazy schedules. How do you guys split responsibilities? Yeah, we both work. My schedule is the more inconsistent one. Some days I'm shooting, some days I'm off. We always try to have the mornings together and the evenings together as a family. That's great. Yeah, and then through the day, I mean, even if I'm not on set, I'm usually writing or doing something else or meetings or whatever. But yeah, it's, we both want to be there and it's important to us and we try to prioritize it as much as possible. Obviously, when you have work obligations and stuff, you have to do those. But I'm super lucky to have a very involved partner. And also you have a child care support system, right? Do you, like, did you have child care growing up or did your mom work? No. I mean, it's funny because I grew up in Ohio and we have a nanny who's amazing and he loves her and it makes me so happy that when she comes in the morning, he's excited to see her and it definitely takes that like stress away from me. But no, I grew up, I didn't know anybody that had a nanny. Maybe there was like daycare, but it was a lot of stay-at-home moms. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. So it was a completely foreign idea to me. But I knew that working is important for me and I didn't want to have to give that up. In a way, it's the sacrifice you have to make. I had a very similar story. My mom was a stay-at-home mom and I was, and it was never even a thought. I was like, no, I'm going to have to get like full-time childcare or whatever we decide to do because working is a value of mine. And I feel like we're really lucky to do something that we love to do. 
I'm actually okay with the mom guilt, like, surprisingly. I have other fucked up shit, but, like, how are you with it? Do you feel bad about it? Do you feel bad that you're working? Like, some women have a really rough time. Yeah. I don't. But No, that's amazing, and I want to hear why. Like, help me. I don't know. I don't know why. Because I have other shit. I don't yeah. know. I say things to him like, I when he has a hard time that I'm leaving, I say to him, I'm really lucky that I get to mm-hmm. go do a job that I love, and I hope you get that one day. I think right now I'm like trying to find ways to be feel involved when I can't be there. If I'm on set, I'm usually okay because it's very active. My head is completely into the scene and what I have to do that day. It sucks sometimes when you're rapping and it's 630 and I know he goes to bed at seven and I'm going to miss him and I hadn't seen him that morning. And it's wow, I'm going to go a whole day without seeing my child. This is bizarre. But I think it's a lot for me like when I'm not at, on set, but I have other things to do. And I work from home a lot. So it's a lot of you hear him in the other room. And you're like, Oh, I should just stop what I'm doing right now and hang out with him. And what am I really doing that needs like my time and my attention right now. But I think for him too, he operates very well on a schedule. Like he knows our nanny comes at nine. Babies love a routine. Babies love like, a routine. When I try to mess it up and be like, Nope, mommy's staying with you till 11. He's like, he is, it freaks him out more. I, I feel like this is mom guilt, something that never leaves. I don't know. But if I can't be there, I try to like make some meals for him so that I know that I had some part of his day. Yeah, we were talking about that in the trailer. Like you love to prepare food yeah. for your son, yeah. which I think is such a great way that you're expressing your love mm-hmm. when you can't be there. I feel like there's a real part of you that's like, look, if I can't be there, it means so much to me that I'm able to like make mm-hmm. these choices for you and know that love and nutrition is going into your food from me. One of the things actually when before kids that I was always excited by, I would follow these moms on Instagram that made like the cute little lunches. <laughs> totally. I, like I wasn't pregnant. I wasn't anything, but I just was like so into this thing of moms making lunches for kids and then them cooking with the kids. And so that was something I was always really excited about doing with Ben. And we started kind of like, we'll make granola bars. And so he'll help me dump in the ingredients and stir it. So I love, I love doing that with him. That is lovely. I I think you were saying in the trailer, you were like, I love making him like smoothies. Yeah. You find your lane Mm -hmm. of like the things that you love to do of how you express that you're caring for your kid. How are you feeling about your mom identity now that you're like, he's going to be two in May? Does it feel like you're coming back to yourself? How are you doing? Thank you for asking. <laughs> As I cry. Um, I feel, I think it's a new normal. I think, I think I'm trying to hold on to things that were important to me pre-baby, pre-pregnancy. I've started reading books again. Like I've always loved reading. And so I've tried to make that a priority where if, if I can read before bed or in the morning or in, at some point. But yeah, there's no way around it. Your identity is definitely shifted. And like we said in the beginning, even if you're alone, there's a part of your brain that's still fixated on what's my baby doing right now? Are they okay? So I think it's more just like making peace with that and accepting it and allowing yourself to go with the flow a bit. It is a new identity. I'm a mom now. I wasn't a mom before. That's another hyphen on on who I am. Yeah, it's evolving. Any advice to any new mamas listening? Advice? Gosh, there's so much. Go with your instincts and trust your gut and ultimately what's right for yourself and your family and your baby. I think it's good to gather information and to take advice, but I don't think, I think that's all it has to be. Take what you want, leave the rest. Yeah, like I think if there was one way to raise a child, then there'd be one book to how to raise a child. But there isn't because there's so many different philosophies on how to do it. And 
everyone's families look different. And so I think that's the best thing that I can think of is to just trust your gut and to do what works best for your family and to not judge yourself for what you need to do to make it work. What is the biggest lesson that you've learned this week this week in mothering? <laughs> this week is, well, Ben hasn't pooped in two days, by the way, so that's all. We're on like poop gate right now. Oh, fuck. Is the baby going to poop? <laughs> Have you ever been so obsessed with someone's digestion in your entire life? And has your happiness ever just completely ridden on the fact that did my child take a dump today? I know. It's insane. And it's all we care about. Like before 8 a.m., have the dogs pooped? Has he pooped? Has everyone pooped in this house? I need to know. <laughs> that is a very important part of your health, well-being, mental stability is about taking a dump. There's nothing worse than when you've gone days without taking no. a shit. So, yeah, you're sad that your son's backed up. Yeah. He's going to poop and you can have a glass of wine when he does. Finish this sentence. Parenthood is. Parenthood is a ride for sure. It's a ride. That's one we haven't had. Really? Oh, good. That is not one we've had. And I agree and like it. God, Caitlin, you're such a good mom. And you're you're so grounded. I'm telling you, like you have an energy about you that is great for being a mom. Look for Caitlin on all the social meds, all the channels, all the things. If you didn't know, This Is Us is on, and this is the most important final Yes, season. and they get to catch you. Um, and they get to what? Oh, yeah! I forget. I'm in it, guys. Only for like a minute. But it was such a pleasure because all the rumors are true about this cast, which is everyone is so kind, so supportive. It really felt like a family. And it was really cool to get to be just a fly on the wall um, for the week that I got to work with you guys. April 19th and April 26th are my two little cameos on This Is Us. Way more than a little cameo. You're like a huge part of those episodes. And (laughs) we have our uh, dance video that's going to come out, I'm sure. Oh, my God. That was, I'll never forget for the rest of my life that Sterling K. Brown taught me the whatever. I keep calling it the wordle. What's the waddle? No, the wobble. 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 I wish you the best of luck with the final season. And now you're stuck with me as a friend, and I want to hang out with you and Ben. We need to have playdates. And I can't thank you enough for coming on Katie's Crim. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. I want to hear from you. Let's chat. Questions, comments, concerns? Let me know. You can always find me at Katie's Crib at Shondaland.com. Katie's Crib is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.
There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. 